Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show brought to you by our family on biasboba.com. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos and Nani Dominguez-Smith. After three seasons of sharing stories for Panay's, by Panay's, we've gained the knowledge and language to articulate our experiences, and now we're ready to tell our own. As we venture off into the world of business partnership, we want to bring you along for the ride. Keep listening to hear how we explore our Panay identities together as podcasters, content creators, and entrepreneurs. Now, let's get into the show. Hey everyone, Jen Amos here and happy holidays. This episode is coming out during the week of Christmas. And so however you choose to celebrate holidays this year with whoever, I hope that it is memorable, enjoyable, relaxing, and all the good stuff, all the good feels. And even if it isn't, just know that this is why we have this episode out for people who maybe are looking for that sense of community and family and connection during this time. For someone who was born in December and has personally dealt with seasonal depression around this time of the year, I know that there's all the good stuff that happens around this time of the year. And also a lot of sadness can come about around this time of the year as well. So I just want to let you know that whichever category you're in, whether this is the best holiday season of your life to maybe this is the worst and everything in between, I just want to let you know that I see you and we're so happy that during this holiday season, you are taking time to listen to the show. The reason why I'm doing an individual introduction without Nani is I am actually pre-recording this particular announcement before my birthday. My birthday was December 15, and I wanted to make sure I pre-scheduled things in advance so that you have content this week to digest if you choose so. And also because this is a unique episode we are releasing, we were very fortunate to be asked by Jamie from the Hella Jam Instagram account to be interviewed on her show during the month of Filipino American History Month. So this was the last Friday of October. Nani and I were so fortunate to be on her show on Instagram Live, which again, you can check out her Instagram at The Hella Jam. And I'll also provide her username in the show notes here in case you want to check it out, as well as the direct link to the original replay if you want to see the unfiltered version. But it was a great opportunity. I want to give a shout out to Kara Fabella, who was actually on our show way back in episode 32. This was November 30th, 2019. So three years ago, Kara was on our show. And, you know, fast forward to today, her and Jamie have teamed up to do these interviews during Filipino American History Month to highlight influencers in our community to talk about Filipino American history and all that good stuff. And even though Filipino American History Month is already well behind us, In listening to the replay of this episode, I feel like it is still very, very relevant and timely. So quick shout out to Kara, again, episode 32. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to join us for this interview. So I want to thank her co-host, Jamie, for again, interviewing Nani and myself on her Instagram live show. So let me go ahead and give you a preview as to what to expect. The title of this episode that we're releasing here on the Tiva Project, this is episode 151 title we have is It's a Gift to Know, to Honor, and to Evolve Our Ancestors' History from Here on Out. Jamie's Instagram live interview with Jen and Nani. And here's a description. At the end of Filipino American History Month, 
Kara and Jamie invite Jen and Nani to chat via Instagram Live. They talk about how Tifa Project was founded, their family backgrounds, favorite parts of Filipino-American history, how colonization affects us today, and Filipino folklore and spirituality. Finally, they wrap up by answering the question, what would you say to your younger Filipino self? I'm like talking in third person, but I'm actually just like talking about myself. <laughs> but Jamie, it was such a pleasure to be on your show. I hope that everyone who listens today grabs some golden nuggets from this conversation. And again, if you want to watch the unedited, unfiltered replay on Instagram Live, I will provide the short link for you in the show notes of this episode. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy this interview and also also stick around to the very end of this interview where I will be giving you some announcements on what to expect for the rest of the year here at the Tifa Project, because this is technically our last episode of the year. We're planning on taking a break for the last Friday of December so that Nani and I can celebrate our birthdays and the holiday season and also plan for some exciting events that are going to take place instead of us publishing an episode. So once again, highly, highly recommend that you hang out to the end of this episode to hear about what we have going on for the rest of the year. All right. With that said, please enjoy this interview. Chat later. What up? What up? Hello, beautiful people. Hello. Hey. What's up, guys? Nice to meet you guys in real life. Yes, I know. Finally. Nice I mean, to meet you. Not in real life, but yeah, in like the virtual. virtual life. Yeah. <laughs> virtual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so great. I was just messaging our Discord community and saying, hey, y'all, we're live. So for everyone that's part of our community, the Filipino American Women Project, just want to give a shout out to y'all and really happy to chat it up with you, Jamie. And I know Kara is here in spirit. We wish we could have her, of course, but I think that's the benefit of you two doing this together is you get to help each other out when one isn't available. And, you know, that's how I feel about Nani, like basically all the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We're definitely going to miss her. She's usually the more eloquent one, the more on top of it. Hey. I am more of the very present person. Yeah. Uh, a same. little chaotic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay. We're both the same. <laughs> yeah. But we're just going to lead into it. I mean, even yeah. yesterday when I was like sending you the questions, I was thinking of it like it was like a homework assignment. And I was like, don't overthink it. Just ask the same. damn question. Like, oh, what are my answers? Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. I just, I just really want to learn from you guys. Anyone who's just now following, they are, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves and then tell me about the Filipino American Women's Project. Yeah. Well, hi everyone. It's, it's such an honor to be part of your feed, Jamie. So thank you for inviting us in your space and just kudos to you and to all the amazing things you're doing, being this amazing a Panay influencer in the Bay Area and also being a working mom. I have a deep affection for moms just because my mom was a widow since I was 10. And so to see her hustle, you know, as a single parent raising three kids under 10 with English being her second language, uh -huh. it's just really developed this affection for me toward, you know, moms. So just kudos to you and, and for all the work that you're doing and showing up in this kind of space and being the influencer you are. So there's that. I just want to make sure I hand you some flowers. So yeah, I'm Jen Amos, and I am the creator and co-host of the Filipino American Woman Project. Uh, just a little background on it. It started in December 2016. At this time, I was living in downtown San Diego, or downtown San Diego. I currently live in Virginia right now, so, so shout out to the East Coast if anyone is out here. But at that time, I remember I was just doing a very kind of innocent search of Filipino American. I just went on Google, 
and I looked up Filipino American woman and long story short, I didn't like what I found. <laughs> I didn't like what I found online. And at the time I was running a social media agency and I kind of took this as an opportunity to use sort of my Filipino culture as a guinea pig into doing Facebook Live because Facebook Live started to become a thing around 2016. And I decided to feature anyone who identified as a cisgender female at the time. Of course, we've opened it up to our non-binary community as well. But at the time, it was cisgender female who were of Filipino descent who had three quality traits. They were communicative. They had a general enthusiasm for life and they were collaborative. And so that first year in 20, I think it was 2017, I interviewed over like 40 Filipino American women who wanted to come forward and share their story. And then fast forward to 2019, we decided to turn it into a podcast. And that's how Nani came into the picture. And Nani, I'll turn it over to you to share your story and, and how you came across the project. Yeah, so I came across the project doing the exact same thing that Jen started with, which is just Googling Filipino American women and looking for resources to find community. I was really at a point in life where I wanted to explore my identity outside of my family because really I grew up really close to my family and a big traditional Filipino family. And so I think I grew up very attached to that experience and I was ready to like spread my wings and fly, you know? So, <laughs> Love so yes, it. luckily I found Ate Jen who helped me do that. And we've created this whole community now, like two years later, two and a half years, however long it's been, I don't know. Forever. And, yeah, forever <laughs> ago. And we have just done all this like really awesome stuff in the Phil Ant community and seen a lot of these like conversation topics that used to be really taboo to bring up and speak out loud about are like, you know, so normalized now. And I think that that can be attributed to a lot of the stuff that we talk about on our show and the stories that we highlight. And, you know, we've always been really intentional about that. So I've just been really humbled to be able to like grow with, you know, this sisterhood that we've built. And we've been even expanded our like Tifa family now to include like, you know, men who want to join and be in community with us in the ways that we invite them to shout out to our discord channel. So yeah, we've just done a lot of cool stuff since then. And it's been cathartic for me in the process. Amazing. I actually, Kara is the one who introduced me to you guys. And I was listening mm -hmm. to your podcast yesterday and I loved the episode with Magdalena. Mm, yes. For a woman of that age have gone through so much, for anyone who's listening, you definitely should check it out. It was just really beautiful to hear somebody who migrated from the Philippines and who's just so open-minded and is so different than what I grew up thinking as like my parents' generation and how they, you know, have very old school mentality or very traditional, you know? And I think right now my parents are now starting to be more open and understanding because our family, like my brothers and I are kind of just kind of like trying to break the mold and kind of show them, I don't know, a different way of living. Like for instance, like my openness with like medical marijuana and how that's changed my life or like talking mm -hmm. about like my mental health journey. And so I'm just so happy to have you guys on and like to hear you interview people about such various amazing topics is just like thank you so much for being that voice for the Filipino community for coming together and doing these amazing interviews 
So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And thank you for being so just transparent in your own journey. And, you know, I had found your page a couple of years back and really resonated with uh, your content because you are like vocal about being a mom who smokes weed and like, yes, it's actually, you know, it's purposeful. It's useful. I'm not just like getting stoned and sitting on the couch all day. Totally like, helpful yeah. for my, you know, and that's something that I also do and need in my life. So it's, hard to talk about out loud and it's still something i'm like 30 years old and i still like hide that from my father you know <laughs> i know <laughs> like i know what he's gonna do if he finds out so hopefully he's not watching this <laughs> hi <laughs> uncle it was, definitely, it was definitely scary at first but like we can go and talk about this another time but yeah it's been, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, for yeah. a journey but thank you so much for like you know no, it, the content resonates. That's all I'm saying. And I appreciate you being like so unapologetic about it and not being blanketed by that shame. Yeah, I think we just need to kind of like change the narrative, right? Yeah. Like I feel like being a quote, you know, donor or whatever growing up, like I just felt like I needed to, I felt shame about being a mom and knowing that I prefer cannabis over alcohol and knowing that like I can be intentional with my cannabis use that yeah it's just it's just been really really empowering anyways I want to I want to talk about you guys and are you both were you born in America or did you guys migrate from the Philippines I want to give a quick shout out to Magdalena real quick. So the episode you're referring okay. to is episode 117, in case anyone is interested. It's actually pretty cool. You can just go to our website, tifaproject.com. That's T-F-A-W as in the Filipino American woman project.com. And if you search for her name or if you search the episode number 117, you'll be able to find her interview. And I love how you opened up with that, Jamie, because she's seasoned you know that's the way i can i'm not gonna say old because that seems disrespectful but she's seasoned in in her life and to know her story and how she completely breaks the mold of what a lot of us probably grew up with thinking that you know our immigrant parents brought these traditional ideas and we had to adhere to that in the household but then it made it so weird and confusing in the american society you know to, to carry those values with us so to know that there are people who kind of like avoided that or worked around that and made it in America, it's absolutely inspiring. So I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show and catching that episode. It tells me you were digging around because that's not one of our <laughs> recent episodes. Yeah. But just a little background on myself. Both of my parents were from the Philippines. My dad was, to my knowledge, you know, my dad was from Zambales and my mom was from Bulacan and they met in Alongapo City. And my dad was actually in the U.S. Navy at the time. So they got married and I was born as a military child. I was born in Japan, Yokosuka, Japan specifically. So shout out to all the military kids out there. I know there's a lot of military affiliated people in our Filipino community. And for the first 10 years of my life, we moved around a lot. You know, every two to three years, we'd go from Japan to California to South Korea to Guam. Like just, we wow. just kind of went everywhere and anywhere. And then eventually we unfortunately lost my dad when I was 10. And so my mom decided to settle in San Diego where my dad's brother lives, our relatives live. And she essentially still lives there. She's still living in the same house that we moved into back in 1998. And yeah, so that's a little bit of background on me. When I think about like our background, like supposedly I'm supposed to know like three dialects. 
you know, Filipino dialects. And having been raised in the military and as an American, I know none of them. <laughs> so yeah. that's a little bit about my Americanness. You know, I used to joke around saying that I was like a coconut because I'm like brown on the outside, but very, yeah. you know, Americanized on the inside. But yeah, that's a little bit about where I come from and where my family comes from. Nani? Yeah, so my family, I'm mixed. So my mom is Russian-American, born here in Oakland, California, which is also where I was born and where I am right now. So yes, I haven't gotten very far. <laughs> but my dad is Filipino-American, born in the Philippines in Cavite City. And my grandparents met there. My grandpa's family is from Imus, and my grandma's family is from Cavite. And so they came over here when my dad was... I always butcher this story. I'm not going to say the age because I don't remember exactly. But my dad is on our private podcast, Chismas with Jen and Nani, for Father's Day last year. And he explains the whole story of their migration. And I think he said they were even in Jen, where you are in Virginia first before yeah. they came to California, which was news to me. So I'm not going to try and butcher it again. But <laughs> yeah, he's Filipino American born in the Philippines and came over here. So I was raised in a big Filipino family on his side. Obviously, on my mom's side of the family is very small. And my mom was kind of adopted into our Filipino family, even though her and my dad divorced early on she was best friends with my dad's mom, my grandma. So we were just Aww. like, we've always been one big, happy, broken family. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Um, yeah, no, it, it has been a really beautiful experience. And yeah, that was kind of convoluted for me growing up, like the biracial aspect of my identity, because I've always felt like, like I just identify as Filipina. And so you know, identity is a two-way street. When you look at me, I don't think a lot of people assume that unless you already know who I am. So that has always been a struggle for me to deal with throughout my life. And that's a little bit about my family background. I bet how often do you get stopped in the street or you hear someone speaking Tagalog and you're like, oh, I'm Filipino. And they're like, oh, Miss Disa. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like idolized. It's like, you can be an actress in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, like, I definitely used to get that from my family. I think now, by like when I'm just out in the world with strangers and stuff, it's more of this othering process or this like ostracization or oh, like a sorry. fetishization. You know, it's always yeah. like... It's the fetishization, um, yeah, of like the Filipino culture of wanting... Yeah, and I just feel uh, yeah. kind of like a zoo animal sometimes because people do come up and they're like, they can't help themselves. And I'm just so curious. I know it's not coming from like, you know, a malicious place most of the time, but it is insensitive, you know, and there is a way to go about it, mm -hmm. especially with a stranger that's just like sitting in a coffee shop or, you know, walking past you on the street. Um, yeah. So it's always been interesting to me how compelled people feel to like figure out what I am. Wow, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't necessarily sit well with me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's from, okay. From someone who is pretty much full Filipino and like looks Filipino, you know, like I just grew up with like aunties and uncles always. Yeah, now as an adult, thinking of it as like fetishizing, yeah, people who looked more like westernized. So I didn't think of it that way. So 
taking notes. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's always interesting. I think Jen and I had a similar conversation like earlier on in our relationship about that and even how like, you know, she perceives me and stuff. And for me, I'm like, I wish that I looked more like you guys so that I didn't always have to like explain myself, you know, but no, we're all beautiful in our own way. Absolutely. Yeah, I've come to terms with it now, but it's definitely been a, a journey to get there. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I actually remember that conversation, uh, Nani, it was with Marjorie. And if oh, you yeah, remember Marjorie, right. and I actually just looked that up. It's like episode 23. So this is like forever ago. Ooh, yeah, and early. It was, it was actually really interesting because just like what you said, Nani, like I remember like I was like kind of joking that I was like uh, sandwiched by two mestizas because, oh, yeah. you know, she's mixed and you're mixed. And I remember in this interview, I, I didn't have the language yet, I think, to sound respectful, but I was just straight up asking you guys like, so like, how does it feel to be mixed? And you know, like, how does it feel knowing that like someone like me grew up being told to constantly whiten her skin, you know, use that papaya soap, you know, that my mom always, always yeah. like buys in bulk whenever she comes back from the Philippines. And like, how do you respond to that? Like, cause in my mind, I, I grew up thinking, oh yeah, like the mestizas like have it all. They have all the, the privilege hey. and you know, they're successful. And so it was very like, I was very like, you know, I wasn't as poised, I think at that time, Nani, when I was asking yeah. you both. And yeah. I feel like I kind of put you both in the spot. And I think I kind of did that purposely because you both were there to kind of do it together. So if you wanted to gang up on me, you could, <laughs> and I will take it. But like, I remember that kind of like that subconscious, like fascination of, you know, mixed, mixed people. And I used to really envy it, you know, like just because my family like wanted me to be lighter skin and I did sports in high school. Like I, I did track and field cross country. That's all outdoors. So like my skin tone every season would get like really dark and <laughs> the papaya soap after a while would start to make my skin turn orange. So I was all like, you mm. know what? This is my skin. I'm just going to run with it and own it and all that stuff. But yeah, I remember that conversation with you both. And I just want to thank you again years later for indulging me in that curiosity and asking <laughs> me directly because you know, even in my situation, and I'm sure a lot of us can agree to this, like when people ask you, like, where are you from? No, no, really, wh where are you from? And you get asked that over and over again. And, you know, nowadays I'm in a lot of like white dominant spaces. So naturally it, it comes up. And I have learned that, like you said, Nani, it's not meant to be malicious. It's really coming from a place of curiosity and trying to find like that common ground or trying to find a way to relate with that person. But yeah. when you get asked it enough, it's you kind of start questioning your own identity. It's like, what am I? Like, am I American? Like, you know, yeah. like I, no, I was and that's totally the effect or the impact that it's had, you know, over time. But obviously with you and with Marjorie in that episode, I was not offended or anything like that. You know, we're both here doing the same thing, learning, unlearning. And it takes those like uncomfortable conversations with people that we trust and people that are not going to respond maliciously, you know, Mm -hmm. for us to develop the language to even talk about it and articulate our experience. So exposure is all we need to those kind of safe spaces, I guess, that we can have those conversations. So I'm glad that we did it. I'm glad that you asked us those questions and, you know, we got to actually hash that out on a recording so that mm -hmm. people can go back and listen to it. So yeah. We're all, again, here doing the same thing, learning, unlearning, and finding new language. I will say you both are just so well-spoken. <laughs> like you Thank said, you. Just like, <laughs> back then, or 
now you've learned a little bit more on how to use like better language to not offend someone and i still need to work on that so naughty i'm sorry for maybe making you feel uncomfortable no I'm just, no no like, no very no. <laughs> real and like straight to the point but i think that like as long as your intention is seen that like of course we would never want to make anyone here forever make feel uncomfortable but i do commend you guys for being so well spoken <laughs> well thank you i i think like there's a quote that i mention quite often and i'm probably going to butcher the name it's quoted by wait a minute i'm going to look it up but the quote goes like the only way to find your voice is to use it so if anyone wants to google that the only way to find your voice is to use it and the reason why i share this quote is because you're describing how articulate we are, which of course I greatly appreciate. Thank you for that. It's taken 180 plus episodes for Nani and I to develop this language and interviewing like all these people in our community from all walks of life. And I know we'll probably get into this a little later, but I know part of why you brought us on was to talk about Filipino history. And I think for us, we have learned history through her story, H-E-R story, her story, meaning the people that we have interviewed. And so that's really the way that we've learned and whatever we end up sharing today is just a byproduct of all the relationships we've been able to build on our shows. So thank you for letting us know that we're articulate. It took us three years to figure this out, to get to this level. <laughs> it, is, it is different though, because I'm on like Instagram and YouTube and if I'm not able to explain, like effectively explain what I'm thinking or what I want to communicate, I can just delete it, you know, or like yeah. re-record it. So yeah. Anyways, but I, thank you for bringing up history. I am curious. I'm embarrassingly very green about Filipino American history. I feel like I personally, I didn't tell my story, but I grew up in a predominantly white community. Now it is much more diverse and there's like Asian restaurants everywhere, which is amazing. But yeah, the first time I really was introduced to Filipino American culture is like I did it I had a class on it at San Jose State, and it was really, really powerful. Unfortunately, I do, like I said, smoke a little bit too much weed, and I'm a bit forgetful. So I am curious to hear from you, what is your favorite or what historical moments in the, in the Filipino culture or whatever, like, has stuck out to you? And well, I think first and foremost, I do want to give a shout out to Stacey Salinas from the Belosan Center at UC Davis. If anyone is very green, like you, Jamie, and knows nothing about Filipino history and wants to get started somewhere, definitely look up the Bolosan Center, named after Carlos Bolosan, who wrote the book America is in the Heart. Start with that. You know, go there and you'll just get a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, these are movers and shakers in our community today who are legit documenting our history. The second thing is to give a shameless plug for Stacy. Stacy hates it when we bring her up, so I'm so glad she's not watching us live right now. But she actually just put together the first Filipino-American exhibit at the California Museum, and it launches tomorrow. So look it up, go to California Museum, look up California is in the heart, and it's a Filipino-American inspired exhibit that's going to last until April. So from tomorrow, starting tomorrow, October 29th, until April. And the reason why I'm promoting her is because She's been part of our project for many years, like from the early days, and she is that mover and shaker in higher education right now, fighting against, you know, the white professors and validating our history as Filipino Americans and Asian Americans for that matter. So that's where I would recommend that people get started. 
In regards to my favorite part of history, part of the reason why I kind of deterred is because I, I need to think of one right now. So I'm going to send it over to Nani and I'm curious, <laughs> it's <all good. laughs> I'm curious if you have any thoughts that you want to add or any part of history that stood out to you and then I'm going to come up with something. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, sure. I can just give a little background as to the way that I was introduced to, I didn't go to like college. I went to Fitham, so I went to like a two-year school, but I didn't go to a traditional university where there may or may not be access to ethnic studies, specifically Filipino studies, because I know it's really hard to find even within academia. But just to give background, I didn't even have that kind of access. So my research has been completely independent and self-started. So I was first introduced to learning about Filipino history through a community organizing group that I had joined here in the Bay Area. And they actually provided me with a lot of really great education and resources. But the first thing I noticed was that everything was kept really private. You know, they were like private files. It wasn't shared, like there were no links to be able to share it publicly or anything like that. And that made me start wondering, like, why are they so kind of protective of this information. And the more I learned about our history, the more I understood why. So yeah, I mean, a great place to start would be the Marcos era. So the Marcos family was in power from like the 1960s to 80s, I believe, mm -hmm. as a rough period. And that will tell you a lot that you need to know about Filipino history. And then if you go and do some research on the most recent former president, Rodrigo Duterte, and kind of compare those two stories and experiences, then I think that will tell you a lot of what you need to know. I grew up wanting to have these conversations with my family and wanting them to kind of give me this information themselves. And they themselves were very like, not wanting to share, not wanting to pass down the language, not wanting to take me to the Philippines. And I would always, you know, say, why? Why, why, why? And my grandpa would always just say, because it's corrupt. So I think that I gave like a whole episode on the TIPA project back in the day on my relationship with my grandpa and, you know, why he was so hell-bent about keeping my culture from me, him and my grandma, actually. And so the result of that is that, you know, my generation and my dad's generation were a lot more like assimilated into American culture and distanced from our Filipino history. And so it took me doing this really, really deep digging on my own to find this information. And then I felt compelled to sharing it. And so there's a whole three seasons on the TIPA project of me being very loud about how I feel about Filipino history. But that is kind of in a nutshell <laughs> what I'll say today. Yes. And I want to just add for Nani, in case anyone is interested, like the Marcos era lasted for about 20 years during the 19, mid-1960s mid till the mid-1980s, so 60s and 80s. I'll be more specific. I'm looking up on Wikipedia, by the way, y'all, so I'm not, I'm, nope. I swear this is not just coming out of my head, but the Marcos that era. Is on top of it. Yeah, I got my <laughs> laptop. laptop I got my ready? <laughs> yeah, I got y'all. I got y'all. I got y'all. It's a team effort here. So yeah, the Marcos <laughs> era took place from 1965 to 1986, according to Wikipedia. Please check your sources. Wikipedia should not be the encyclopedia, by the way. But anyway, that's I'm just doing a quick search here. And so I just wanted to add that in case anyone's interested. Another thing I want to add, in addition to what Nani shared, is if you want to learn about that era, is to y'all got to watch The Kingmaker. Okay, look it up. I think it's on HBO. I, I wait, you know, I'm gonna look it up right Great now. Right, So it's called The Kingmaker. The Kingmaker, and also another documentary called A Thousand Cuts with Maria yes. Ressa. You should educate yourself on who Maria Ressa is. She's, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Here's so if you look up um, for Filipino American history, <laughs> I know we're just like, <laughs> we're just dumping it all more specifically. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, the Kingmaker is the story of Emilda Marcos, the wife of Ferdinand Marcos, who was, you know, the dictator of the, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Dictator of the Philippines for 20 years. And so, she, you know, even till this, she's still alive today. She's in her nineties today. And the Kingmaker really, again, if you're looking for a place to get started, it's very mind blowing, like watching this documentary. Okay. So I finally have an answer for you, Jamie. I think my favorite part of history is actually in the early 1900s in California, primarily during the agricultural. Nani, you're going to have to help me with this. Philippine, Sorry, what like, time are we talking about? The Manang area? Yes. Like, thank you. There you go. Sun. Thank you. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So in the early <laughs> 1900s, this is why we work together. So in the early 1900s, what happened was a lot of Filipinos who were struggling in the Philippines because they couldn't make crops or anything from their land, the men of the family would migrate to California to be farm workers. And part of how I connect to the story is that the only thing I know about my grandpa on my dad's side is that he was in California and he, he was part of the farm workers Wow. at that time. And that's literally all I know. I don't know anything else. I don't know who he is. Like, that's the only thing I know. And so with our show, we have a book club called Just Miss Jen and Nani Book Club. And one of the books that we read was America is in the Heart, written by Carlos Bolosan, Bolosan Center, if you, if you want to know the reference for there. But that book really resonated with me because it told the story of these Filipinos who left the Philippines to come to California. And long and behold, it turned like it's a very real story that later on, someone such as Manila's in the heart, Don, Don Mabalan. Yeah, so Don Mabalan found out that the book, America's in the Heart, she found out that her uncle was referenced in that book. And so she took it upon herself as a Panay historian in California to write this whole textbook about the history of Stockton, California, and Filipinos for that matter. And so I really resonate with that time because, like I said, the only detail I know about my grandpa is that he was in California. That's like literally it. And I feel like reading these books, America is in the heart, Manila is in the heart, helps me get an idea of what happened at that time and why no one in my family has ever decided to give me information or maybe they themselves have forgotten. Because I think at that time, when you're just focused on survival, and fulfilling the bare minimum for your family, you're not thinking about handing down history. You're not. You're not even thinking that you're living history. You're just trying to survive. And so fast forward to today, Nani and I talk about this a lot on our show. We are in a very privileged situation where we're all generally taken care of. Our basic needs are met. And we're in this place now where we can actually excavate what happened in the past and, and try to connect the pieces because we have that luxury now. Like we're not just the laborers anymore. Like we've made it into the professional fields and, and we have this time, this place of safety to excavate like what went on in the past. And so, yeah, that, that's the time frame I'm thinking of is the early 1900s when the reason why the Filipinos came from the Philippines to California was because of the whole farm worker stuff. Yeah. So did I say that all right, Nani? <laughs> yeah, the farm workers movement. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, I'm glad Stacy's not here because she probably would <laughs> correct me with all things I'm saying. But hopefully the resources we gave will help everyone get, gain some insight there. Yeah. I'm like, I have my computer. My setup is so jank. I have my computer on top of like my cat tree. Mind you, I'm allergic to my Love. pets. <laughs> Love it. And I'm like, that's why I'm like going to the side, writing down. Like I have everything that you're like name dropping so I can yeah. do my own research. But actually when you were talking about the farmers in Stockton, that reminded me of 
what I learned in that class. And mm -hmm. I think one thing that stood out to me that made sense to me was how the white men were threatened by the Filipino farm workers because because they were working so hard doing what they needed to do. And then when they clocked out, they were looking dressed to the nines, just looking like, and they were smooth talkers, yep. they were dancers, they were able to like show affection to these women in ways that, yeah. you know, like basically like swoon these women. And so it just reminded me like, okay, well, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Like a lot of Filipinos are very, very charming and very, very like stylish or whatever, care about that stuff, which is also like a double-edged sword. But anyways, I am interested to hear how ha do you think colonization has affected us today as Filipino Americans? That's a great question. I don't know, Nadi, if you have any initial thoughts about it. I'm just going to kind of like, you know. Just sure. it's, not, it's not formal. It's just super common. Yeah. I just It's just a conversation. I'm just curious. Yeah. And I mean, the colonial mentality, I think, affects any hyphenated American you know, whose home country has ever been colonized, it runs really deep and it manifests in so many different ways, systemically, personally, in your family. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint one experience specifically, but I think just yeah. the colonial mentality in general and how that informs like our relationship to others and how we view ourselves and value ourselves is like probably problem number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Nani. That actually reminds me now. Thank you. I just needed, I needed someone to, to warm she up did, to this she conversation. She a buffer. Yes, a yes. I was like, how do I, how do I start this? <laughs> I like how you brought up the colonial mentality because it very much reminds me of my relationship with mom growing up and how, you know, she would buy papaya soap in bulk, you know, whenever she came from the Philippines so that we could lighten our skin. And when I started to learn what the colonial mentality meant and my, my interpretation of it, if anyone is hearing this for the first time, is that as someone that was colonized, the colonial mentality means that you are trying to be like your colonizer as much as possible. So trying to get, in this case, our colonizers were the Spaniards and then you had the Americans. And so a lot of what we're doing today is trying to be as close to our American counterparts as possible, like trying to be not just like be white, but like act white. And even though my mom never got rid of her accent, like she's maintained it all these years, you know, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And she still tried to instill her mentality onto me by, you know, lightening my skin. And that's actually the biggest thing. Now that I think about it, she never really like pressed on any, I mean, she did press on the fact that I need to get a stable job. And she told me that 12 years ago and that hasn't happened yet. But other than that, other Good than trying you. to, yeah, other than trying, <laughs> yeah, right. Like other than trying to achieve the middle-class dream that she wants for me, like, fortunately I have other siblings who accomplish that. So yay. I'm trying to go up a class. That's my ambition as someone who has benefited from, you know, my parents immigrating here to, you know, thriving in the middle class. Like this is my way of expanding my family legacy is by going up class, you know. But anyway, other than that, I think the whole how colonial has impacted us today, the colonial mentality is I think it can impact us as much as we want it to impact us. I think it's good to get educated on it. And then kind of decide how it decide like it's how you react to it. I think that makes all the difference because yeah. there was a time where I would look at the colonial mentality and looking back, I realized that I acted out with a victim mindset. I acted out like, oh, like everyone that's not me is basically my oppressor and and I can't trust them. I can't trust like 
you know, white people, for example. And, you know, similar, similar to you, Jamie, I'm married to a white guy as well, you know, so like being with him, you know, someone We're married who, to the oppressors. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure my man knows that. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And, and so it's interesting, like if I were to really, I guess, apply that mentality into my relationship, it wouldn't play out very well. Like it's not like him and his family lineage outright colonized my family. In fact, he's a veteran. Like he went to West Point, the same college that MacArthur went to. MacArthur, if anyone knows, is the one who came to the Philippines and said, I will return, like his famous words. And he was a West Point grad. And he was that American officer that went to the Philippines and had to retreat at one point. His final words, his, his last words when he left the Philippines is he said, I will return. And he did return. What I'm trying to say is that my husband went to the same college Douglas MacArthur went to, and like he learned a lot about, you know, American history. And he had been taught that it's his classmates that end up in the American history books. So it's really interesting to be me and to be with someone like him and hear his perspective on American history versus me trying to excavate what my understanding is of our history and trying to find that middle ground. Now, if I'm just going to sit here all day and say, honey, you are my oppressor, F you, you know, like that's not going to make for a great relationship. We've been together. We've been together for six years going strong and I want to keep that going. But I think when I think about the word colonization, I think it's important to learn it. And it's important to recognize that our history is heavy with a lot, like literally centuries of being colonized. Fast forward to today, we're not living in that history anymore. It shows up in very subtle ways. I, I know some people may mention that and I can agree to that. But however, we are in a place where we can write our history now, you know, from this point and moving forward. And that's really what we push for at the Filipino American Woman Project is we are aware, especially when you become aware, a lot of us go through those stages of like, once you learn about your history, it's very valid and natural to be angry and to, you know, to villainize the oppressors and and all that stuff. And, you know, till this day, like there's even parts of me where if my husband acts a certain way, I got to like you know, kind of like kind of reframe that moment or kind of educate him, you know, like women's plane, not man's plane, but like women's plane to him about like my experiences. We get along really well, by the way, we work together. So just, I just want to like, let everyone know that we're doing okay. There um, is no judgment. Yeah. Here. yeah. Live your truth. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that, Jamie. And so anyway, my final thought is that it very much exists and it's very real. And I think it is important to, to acknowledge it and to honor it and to go through all the feelings you need to go through once you understand it. And then you get to a place of, okay, so what? What now? What am I going to do about this? Knowing that this is my history. It's an awful history. We have an awful history. And, and I'm going to say that it is our gift as the descendants of that history totally. to honor it and to evolve our history from here on out, moving forward. And again, part of why Nani and I and our show, the bare minimum we want to do on our show is just encourage people to tell their truth. That's it. Because like so much of us have experienced being told what to do, who to be, what to wear, how to sound. And yet there's a very tiny community out there. And I'd like to believe Nani and I were able to build it where we encourage you like, hey, we're not asking you who to be. We're just asking you to be you and celebrate you and express yourself. And so we believe that if we could just start there and and encourage people and celebrate the fact that you are allowed to take space and that you exist in this world and that you have a compelling story that our community at least wants to hear, then I think that can be the start of something good and beautiful. And it can cause this ripple effect to encourage other women to recognize 
the beauty within themselves and their own history, their ugly history, to turn it into something beautiful because that's what you've inherited, but you don't have to relive that. You can choose to move on from that and rewrite that and honor your family by turning it around into the way that you believe is best, knowing what you know now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love that narrative. That was a really beautiful and really encouraging way to put it. It's like, learn about your history, kind of grieve those losses and feel those feelings that come up. Use that information to help you understand like your uncles, your aunties, mm -hmm. your mom, your dad, your grandpa, your grandma, whoever, your you know, elders in your family that you might have experienced these like cultural clashes with in the household or growing up and, you know, use that to give context into their experience that they may or may not feel comfortable sharing with you and work on those relationships and then remove yourself from that and yeah. see what there is, you know, what is your individual narrative? What makes you special? What makes you different? But yeah, I like that your point, Jen, is to like learn it and then remove yourself from it and find these spaces such as our community or whatever other safe space you can find to like dive in and invest in yourself and, you know, take up that space and own taking up that space. That's, you know, uncomfortable for a lot of us because of the colonial mentality. We always feel like we have to be in these like roles of support or service mm -hmm. to others. You know, we are always in an act of service and we feel like, obligated to do that for some reason, even if nobody on the other end is expecting it. So just take the time to understand yourself and how, like where that comes from, you know, that doesn't just come from your lived experience. It comes from like this history that's been buried and erased and reshaped and valorized, like really weaponed against us. So yes, learn and then remove yourself from that. <laughs> I have a few things to say and I'm probably going to forget them. So let's just try. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if I ramble, I ramble. I grew up going to, you know, Catholic. I think about like 75% of Filipinos in the Filipinos mm -hmm. are Catholic. I don't know if that stat is correct anymore or accurate, but I no longer identify as Catholic for multiple reasons. But I do think that I'm starting to explore my spirituality. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it was. I got my tarot or tarot card reading and somebody said, you know, like your ancestors went through so much for you to live this life that you're living now for you to be. yes they want to see you thriving they want to see you living your best life and like it wasn't until this moment in this conversation and what you both said that made me realize like growing up in a predominantly white community or like going to a catholic school where i was like one of the only brown kids that was filipino made fun of for having like spam and rice for lunch <laughs> chicken adobo, craving having a Lunchable because that's what all the white people had, you know, mm -hmm. they're able to have Lunchables. Now I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like I would love mom's adobo every day. But I find myself now as an adult craving my heritage, craving to dive deeper into my Filipino roots and not fall into the colonial mentality and the bullshit. Like I can embrace everything that happened. I can embrace all the trauma, but I have the power to like do the research for myself, for my inner healing, for my ancestors healing, for them, and then also for my kids too. Because I want them to know, because my kids are half white. Mm -hmm. And like, my husband obviously is white. I say that he's more Asian than I am. <laughs> now I'm owning my, you know, Asian-ness. But yeah, like, I feel like my kids, I, because we live close to my parents, they identify more and know more about their Filipino culture, thankfully, than 
my um, husband and his Italian side. Oh, yeah. Spiritu wait, spirituality. Do you guys know anything about, have you guys ever been to the Philippines before? I can relate to you, Jamie, oh. where my family and I grew up as Catholic and part of the Catholicism influence was from the Spaniards being there for 300 years. And so I think a lot of the mainland, and again, some historians going to probably specify this better than me, but a lot of Filipinos were indoctrinated in Catholicism and even the more affluent families adopted it because they thought it was kind of like the cool thing to do. And of course, like the affluent family in the Philippines are like influencers of today. It's like, you know, the lower class would follow what the upper class is doing. And, you know, so that hasn't changed in many ways, but Anyway, that's kind of where it came from. And so I, I do come from a, a Catholic family. And it was really like in my early 20s, like I'm, I'm turning 35 this year, but it was in my early 20s when I actually, no, I'm sorry, I'll take that back. It was in high school when my cousin who lived in Orange County introduced me to Christian non-denominational churches. And I remember there was a line, if anyone lives in Orange County, shout out to Rick Warren. He is one of my favorite pastors of all time. You got to check out the Purpose Driven Life book if you're looking to get started somewhere, Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. But anyway, he said a line that always stuck with me and still sticks to me to this day. And he said, you don't have to be religious to have a relationship with God. And I was like, mind blown. I was like, what? I thought I had to follow A, B, and C. I got to pray to all these saints plus Mother Mary before I can get to God. And I got to do the rosary. I got to memorize all these Don't prayers. forget that rosary. You better be on your knees. <laughs> exactly. Girl. Yes, exactly. You know, exactly. So it was, I think it was around, yeah, it was high school when I first started driving. I would drive all the way from San Diego to Orange County just to go to this church and learn. And fast forward to 2018, before my husband and I moved here to the East Coast, I decided to get baptized as a Christian. And so I've been a born-again Christian for the last four years now. And although I've been going to Christian churches for a very long time, and I do want to mention that um, some people will say that Catholicism and Christianity are very much the same thing, like Catholicism falls under Christianity. I don't have any other anything else to add other than to just say that, because I know that people mention that. But at least the, the space that I go under, like my spiritual, my spiritual journey has evolved throughout the years. And for me, kind of similar to you, Jamie, it's kind of unpacking like, well, what, what did it mean to be a Catholic anyway? Did it mean to feel guilty all the time and apologetic all the time and submissive all the time? Because mm -hmm. if that's the case, and here's the thing, I don't really know Catholicism other than what they taught us. I could be completely understanding Catholicism wrong. It, it probably could be a beautiful religion that I have no idea about because of how it's been instilled in me and how it's been you know, taught to me. But all that being said, I'm just really happy that my journey has gone to a place where I've learned to rather than feel guilty, to focus on self-acceptance and love and just trying to be the change and, and the love that I want to see in the world. But anyway, that's a long I'm answer to say. Yeah, thank you. And that, that's a long answer to say that, like, I think till this day, my mom is Catholic. Although she does go to Christian churches sometimes, I don't think she, like, is intentional about, like, making that transition, like, the way that I have. But yeah, very much, you know, there's a lot of the Filipino community, and I'm going to butcher the percentage also, like you, so I'm not going to claim that I know the percentage. But I do know that a lot of our community does come from a Catholic background. Yeah. I mean, I struggle with mental health issues and I want to say a couple of things. Well, first off, okay, really quick before I forget, I struggle with mental health issues. And when postpartum depression hit, that was the first time I really accepted my depression for what it is, because in our Filipino culture, we just sweep things under the rug or eat, eat your mm -hmm. food and I'll make you happy, which is so problematic because I'm like always eating. <laughs> yeah. Eat your feelings. Let's eat. I'm sad. Let's eat. 
very thankful though to eat. Anyways, so they, what was I saying before I got distracted? You accepted your depression first time you had. So when I first brought it up to my parents, I just had a really bad depression episode, depressive mm-hmm. episode. And I told Steph, I just want to be with my family. And so we drove to my parents' house. My entire family was there. We had a family dinner. And Steph had to pull my parents aside and tell them, like, this is serious. Like, Mm. mental health is serious. There's something wrong with what's going on in Jamie's, you know. And he explained it to them. And for whatever reason, they understood him but not acted on it (laughs) than hearing me, you know. Yeah. But, like, my parents' reaction was, like, you live right next to the church. Just go to the church and pray. And that just triggered me even more. It's like, that's not how, this is not what I want right now. I told him, you know, like, I still pray in a different way. Just because I don't go to church doesn't mean that I'm, like, still one with God. But I am curious. We're almost done. I don't want to take you guys too long. But I do want to know, because I am very trying to dive into my spirituality. And I feel like my parents and my family were talking about how we don't have this, I want to, claim it as a sixth sense, but we do have this ability or this connection with feeling energies and spirits or whatever, or maybe seeing, expecting deaths to happen or for having dreams of things happening. Do you guys know anything about Filipino history? I've seen something on TikTok about like before we were colonized the indigenous Filipinos, you know, had experiences or they were like very, very spiritual. I don't know if you guys know anything about that. Yeah, I think a great place to start with learning about pre-colonial Filipino culture and history and and all that stuff is with Kuya Kirby Arroyo. His YouTube channel is really good for that kind of stuff. He has published children's books and all kinds of stuff that talk about the pre-colonial era, eras of the Philippines. And yes, Catholicism was introduced by the Spaniards when they came to colonize us. They used the sword and the cross as a weapon against us to kind of indoctrinate us with their teachings and beliefs and all that, which runs deep in the trenches of our blood today. So I think that a lot of people in our generation really like move away from Catholicism, just like you guys, I was raised, my dad's family was super Catholic, but then my mom was like very atheist. And so I was raised not only biracial, but by multi-faith or whatever you call it, family, just going very confused. And I've always believed in a higher power. I'm also a very spiritual person. I feel really drawn to like spirits and underworld kind of stuff. And um, Nani, let's hang out. Mythology. We, we yeah. live near each other. Let's I do know. it. <laughs> Let's get like, woo together for the kids. They can entertain themselves. Yes. <laughs> and we can hang out. Yeah. No, I'm totally down. But yeah, I've always been into Filipino mythology. I actually have a lot of most of my books that I bought for my son when he was born are around like Filipino mythology. And you can check out Trese, which is a series on Netflix based on a Filipino comic book, mm. which is really good. Uh, I mean, it, objectively good but the storyline is good because it portrays filipino culture really nicely in the sense that like a lot of us feel we are mediums between like the human world and the spirit world and so there's a lot 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 to explore there 
Yeah, I, I don't know where to start, but we have always been, I think, really spiritual people, even if that manifests differently, you know, and I think that a lot of people in my family are also like converted to Christianity or like different forms of Christianity because they want to specifically detach from that Catholic upbringing that they had. And Jen, like you mentioned, I could have like just this completely one-off experience with Catholicism, but I think that you don't. I think that we all have that same kind of like you're controlled by shame all the time. And I think that in our generation, living in today's world, again, removing ourselves from those mindsets that, you know, we were raised up under. It's like we don't live under those circumstances anymore. And we have, you know, more agency to think differently and act differently and make our own decisions and things like that. So, yeah, our generation is just not really, <laughs> not really fucking with the with the Catholicism these days. And, with the BS. And it's okay because, you know, like you said, spirituality can be whatever you develop it to be. It should be a really personal experience. It shouldn't be someone on a podium telling you, you know, about your own self or your own life. Like it should be maybe people or resources offering you, you know, context for you to then go and contemplate on your own and think about how it applies to you and how it again manifests for you. But I'm not here for the like, you know, you have to fit in this certain box of beliefs to belong to this religion or to claim yourself as a Catholic or a Christian or whatever. I think that it's totally, that's a totally like malleable thing. Yeah, I agree with Nani where it's like everyone's spiritual journey is incredibly different. And just like how we have relationships with different people, like whatever you believe in, whatever higher power like that's your relationship with them. I'm not here to like preach the Bible or anything. Like my relationship is very personal with God and who I share it with in person or, you know, whoever wants to share that experience with me. But that's just what it is. It's, you know, you know, we're not trying to be a Bible thumper here in any way. And so that's my thoughts on that. I do want to, you know, continue to refer resources to your community just because I, I know it's helpful. And, and so that like Nani and I don't feel stumped with what to say. Nani brought up Kirby Aralo. Is it? Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, Kirby, if you're watching this. Aralio. I want to spell his last name for all of you because you have to, you have to subscribe to his YouTube channel. So his first name's Kirby, like in Mario, like that Kirby. And his last name is spelled A-R-A-U-L-L-O. So that's A-R-A-U-L-L-O. And if anyone okay. can pronounce it, please let us know. So that's the first thing I want to share. <laughs> Secondly, if you want a fun way to learn about Filipino folklore and all the fun superstitions and, and, and just the know. spooky stories, y'all got to check out Sapphire Sandalo. So she has a podcast show called Stories with Sapphire, and she has been on our show twice. So she's been on our show at the tifaproject.com episode 52. Three times. You're right, because she was also on Chismas with Jen and Nani for our biasboba.com members. So on our public show, <laughs> Which uh, I love, the Tifa by the way. Yeah. So for our, thank you. Uh, it was Nani's idea. So for the public show, she has been on our show episode 52 and episode 76. So go ahead and check that out if you're looking okay. for a Filipino American woman's perspective on, you know, Filipino folklore. And then of course, just like what Nani mentioned, Kirby Aralo. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, Kirby. I'm so sorry. He's like a total YouTube influencer and I'm totally butchering his last name, but I will spell okay. it for you all one more time. It's A-R-A-U-L-L-O. These are definitely people we highly recommend. And he's been on our show as well. We've interviewed him on our private podcast, Chismas with Jen and Nani, which is available on biasboba.com. And yeah, we're just really grateful to provide a space of resources. That's really all we're, we're doing here, Jamie. Like 
yes, we're facilitating it, but really it's, it's the people that make our community and people like you inviting us into your space to just share all this content and resources with you. So again, just thank you. Thank you for this conversation and, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys. I so much. I'm so excited. I also extended my vocabulary. I could possibly be a medium. Thank you, Nani. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, so you want to you want to use the word bye bye lan. You should research that. I think someone in the comments actually the um, Dr. Lenny Strobel. She has two books, bye bye lan studies and the uh, out from the crocodile's belly. Belly. She put it in the chat. Someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But check out those books. That's the, the fact that you guys one. know this off the top of your head. Respect. Okay. Before I go, we we are gonna have to sign off because I do want to save this IG live because it was so beautiful. But I always, we've been asking our interview, interviews, interviewees, inter <laughs> whatever. I was going to say contestants, like it's hard to be Yeah. What would you like to say to your younger Filipino self? That's easy for me. Um, you are enough. That's what I would say. You are enough. Makes me cry every time I think about it. Yeah. No, that's... Y'all are not, we're enough. I think that applies to us all. That's a, a narrative that we hear often on our show and something that, you know, maybe sounds cliche to other people, but really does resonate deeply with both Jen, myself, and I would say the majority of the guests that have been on our podcast. So I think that is the most important messaging to highlight. I love it. I think after this conversation, mine would change to be by living your truth you are honoring your ancestors and making them proud. Mm. Word. That's you good. Know? Yeah. Let's live it up for them. You know, they experienced so much. Like, let's live it up. All right. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> I hope to meet one day when you come out to the Bay, let <laughs> me and Kara know. Yes. And then Nani, let's definitely hang out. I would yes, I'm down you. anytime. Yeah. Okay. Well, well thank you guys day. so much. Okay. Yeah. And I'll leave all of your information here, guys, for everyone who's following or watching. Please, please follow both of them. Can you please say your Instagram handles? Uh, unfortunately, I'm not personally active on Instagram. So you can follow our Instagram account, The Filipino American Woman, and that's where you'll be able to engage with us. We are hosting a group chat now, a, re a five day reflection series in our DMs. So slip into our DMs if you want to be a part of it. It's completely free. And it's just a way for, for us to continue. To, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> our live, yeah. It's a way to continue to be in community. But the Filipino American woman, it's long, but I think it's easy to spell. That's yes. the best place to find me. Yes. I'm also on the Filipino American woman page or my own page, which is this one, Notes by Nani. Yay. Thank you guys so much. Thank this you for having me. Thanks, Jamie. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. And there you have it. Our interview with Jamie. Thank you. Thank you again, Jamie, so much for having us on your show. It was an absolute pleasure. Even re-listening to it, I learned something new. So we really appreciate the opportunity to collaborate in that way. And also thank you again for allowing us to share the replay of our interview here on the Tifa Project. Some general announcements to share with all of you. First and foremost, we will be taking a break from publishing our weekly show next Friday. So we will not be publishing an episode for next Friday because next week on Tuesday, December 27th at 6 p.m. Pacific time and 9 p.m. Eastern time, 
we are going to be collaborating with Dr. Abby to host a free vision board event. And so if you have never heard of a vision board before, basically it's an opportunity to, you know, pull out your old magazines and cut out things in the magazine that you aspire to have in 2023 or in your future. And you essentially glue it on a board, hence vision board. It's being able to create a vision of who you want to be by a certain time frame. And for me personally, I don't like to collect magazines. I don't really like to keep a lot of paper around. I pretty much live in a digital world. So I'm the kind of person that would make my vision board out of Pinterest, for example, like use a Pinterest board. And I do know that there are a ton of other apps out there, digital apps where you can create a vision board straight on your phone or on your computer. But either way, we are hosting this free vision board event again with Dr. Abby, and it's going to take place next week, which is Tuesday, December 27th. That is 6 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Mountain time, 8 p.m. Central time and 9 p.m. Eastern time. I know that we have other time zones that I should be addressing, but oh my goodness, is that a lot of time zones? And I'm incredibly grateful that we have a worldwide community listening to our show and engaging with us. And so once again, this is absolutely free. If you want to be a part of it, again, it's taking place next week. All you have to do is just contact us, check out the show notes of this episode. You can always send us a text message at 415-484-8329. And what I recommend is send us a text with your email so we can add you to the calendar invite. You can also email us, Jen, that's J-E-N at tifaproject.com. That's T-F-A-W, as in the Filipino American woman, project.com. Also Nani, N-A-N-I at tifaproject.com. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. But once again, check out the show notes of this episode to let us know or to find out how you can get a hold of us and RSVP. We would love, love, love to have you there, especially, especially if you missed out on our last book club of the year, which took place on Friday, December 16th. It was a ton of fun. We didn't even assign anyone anything to read. We all just showed up and celebrated my birthday and Nani's birthday and the holiday season and just you know, wrapping up this year with everyone who has participated in our book club. And so if you missed out on that, or if you loved it so much, and you know, you want a little bit more of Jen and Nani and this Tifa Project community before the year wraps up, once again, we highly recommend that you check out the free vision board event, Tuesday, December 27th. And we'll be graced with Dr. Abby, who has been on our show in the past episode 121. Definitely got to check that out. And she's going to be facilitating this vision board event. And we are so incredibly grateful for her to be doing that for us. And so in the meantime, there are many other ways that you can get involved in our community in this short off season. You know, we have been having so much fun with the reflection series. It's a five day free group chat where people join us on Instagram. And for five days, we give you some reflection prompts to share publicly in our, you know, safe chat or you can you know, journal on your own. But either way, it's, it's a great opportunity for people in our community to come together and reflect together. And that might be something you want to do in addition to you know, joining our vision board event. But that is still going on. That is still free. All you have to do is DM us on Instagram. That's direct message us on Instagram and let us know that you're interested in learning more about the reflection series. And we would very, very much love, love to have you there. All right. So what else do we have going on here to wrap up the year? All right. And planning ahead, we have many exciting things taking place in the new year. Of course, we highly recommend that you join us in our Discord community or subscribe to our newsletter. But we have a lot of new exciting things rolling out in the new year. 
and a lot of exciting events. So some things that come top of mind for me right now is starting January every second Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time, that's 7 p.m. Pacific time. We are now going to be doing an Instagram live show with Dr. Abby, which once again, she was on our show, episode 121. She is going to be joining us to kick off the year via Instagram live. Once again, that's every second Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. Pacific time and 10 p.m. Eastern time. Yes, I have to calculate the time zones in my head as I'm saying this on the recording. Uh, But yeah, she will be joining us. And so we would love, love to have you there if you're more of like an evening person. And of course, every first Friday of the month, Nani and I plan on doing Instagram live as well. First Friday of every month, typically at noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time. And what else do we have going on? Oh, yeah, we have our book club. So our book club takes place every third Friday of the month, typically around noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time. And I think we're going to be rolling out with more stuff, but those are the three main things to look forward to if you want to engage with us more in real time. Once again, every second Tuesdays with Dr. Abby, every first Fridays with Jen and Nani, and every third Fridays of the month with our book club. And so again, you can check out the show notes of this episode to get a recap on all of those dates. But yeah, we just have a lot, a lot of exciting things for the new year. So we hope that you will join us and be in community with us. and grow with us and welcome all the exciting, exciting changes that Tifa Project has going on for 2023. Y'all are in for a treat. So with that said, thank you all for being with us since we started season four. It's so crazy to think that we've already done a number of reflection series cohort programs on Instagram, our five-day reflection series. You know, the fact that we have an engaged community on Discord, as well as our newsletter and just all the exciting things that we have been doing all year. And it's all because of all of you and your desire to engage with us. So thank you all so much again. Happy holidays. Have a happy new year. And we'll see you in 2023. Or we will see you at the free Vision Board event taking place Tuesday, December 27th. Until then, take care and chat with you all soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show. Do you want to continue to be part of the conversation? Then join our Discord community for free today. Check out the link in the show notes to join us now. And don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter for the latest show updates and episode releases. The link is also available in the show notes. Lastly, if you wish to support us on our journey, consider showing us some love on biasboba.com. That's all for now. Chat with you next time. Yay! (laughs) 